a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 39 today. There's a lot on the docket today. We uh, are going to speak in a moment about Bertie Madoff. There's been a, a kind of an interesting twist in that uh, unfortunate saga. You remember him, uh, Ponzi scheme? He made off with billions, uh, and he fleeced uh, some pretty big names. We'll walk through uh, some of his crimes, and more specifically, we're going to talk about a request he's made of a judge after having served only 11 years. He'd like to get out of prison, and he thinks that there's a way he can pull that off. We're going to talk about it in just a second. Before we do, though, let me give you a heads up on what is coming up on today's program. Just after 2 o'clock, you and I are going to sit down together and speak with former Utah governor, former ambassador, John Huntsman Jr. He'll be in studio alongside his newly announced running mate uh, for Governor Michelle uh, Kafusi, currently the mayor of Provo, Utah. They're going to sit down together, the three of us, and we're going to chat about uh, why Mr. Huntsman feels that Ms. Kafusi uh, is the right choice, and we'll ask her to introduce herself or uh, introduce herself to you. Grateful uh, for their willingness to come in, <clears throat> although it is campaign time, so you might see uh, a few more candidates willing to come here on the radio. <laughs> uh, later on in the program, we're also going to speak with <clears throat> KSL television reporter Ashley Kewish. Ashley spent the morning with Elizabeth Smart. Uh, you've heard some of the developments in the Elizabeth Smart uh, saga. She found herself uh, the victim uh, of some uh, new abuses while traveling on an aircraft. We're going to talk to Ashley Kewish, uh, get the story, and also uh, see what Elizabeth Smart is up to in reaction uh, to this uh, latest event in her life. She's got some self-defense classes, an interesting twist in, in, in all of this. So we're going to get that full story. And then we woke up to some news on the coronavirus uh, out in San Juan County, there was a pair who had spent some time in China. Well, they're back here. And uh, the Center for Disease Control, uh, as well as San Juan Public Health, they are keeping a close eye on this couple. Now, uh, the, the folks out there in San Juan County want to make it clear that these folks are not infected, uh, but rather they are being monitored currently. So we're going to get into that. We're going to speak to a doctor who will explain to us what exactly is here in Utah, what exactly is the condition of these folks, and if that has uh, any bearing on uh, on you and me. So we'll learn all about that on today's program. Now, while I've got you, let's talk about Bernie Madoff. You remember him? He uh, did one of those Ponzi schemes. Uh, Ponzi? Ponzi schemes named after Charles Ponzi. Coincidentally, about a year and a half ago, I read a biography about this guy, Charles Ponzi. He was born in Italy, died in Brazil, and spent uh, some of his criminal years in New York City. And he did very basically uh, what you and I have come to know as the Ponzi scheme. You accept and solicit... um, investments from individuals with the promise that you will be able to return a wonderful growth, a giant percentage-based returns on investment, uh, 50% profit in some uh, cases. This Ponzi, Charles Ponzi, uh, late 1800s, uh, early 1900s, rather, he promised his clients a 50% profit within 45 days. Or, get this, here's the claim he made, 100 percent profit within 90 days and he had this whole uh, racket worked out as to how he pulled that off but very very simply he would accept 
uh, investment money from individuals. He would continue to solicit investments from other individuals. He would. This is the Peter to pay Paul thing. Yeah, he would take the money invested by the first investors, use that to pay the second investors, all the while himself keeping a big uh, portion of all of that investment money in his own pocket. Well, uh, that scheme evolved, evolved, evolved until history gave us a, a gentleman named Bernie Madoff, and he... Uh, over the course of his criminal life, built thousands of investors from 49 states and over 120 countries of, this is no joke, billions of dollars. Billions of dollars are what he made off with. And, made off. Uh, and <laughs> so if you think back when this story was fresh, we learned that there were a number of well-known investors who had been taken by this guy, uh, including Steven Spielberg. Uh, Kevin Bacon and his wife, uh, Kira Sedgwick. Uh, additionally, um, let's see, Zsa Gabor, you know her? Uh, she reports to have lost $10 million. Uh, and here's one that broke my heart when I learned it. Uh, Ellie Wiesel, the Ellie Wiesel Foundation uh, for Humanity. That was a charity uh, controlled by uh, that Holocaust survivor and author. He passed away in 2016, but that was not before his foundation lost. Get this. Lost $15.2 million because of uh, this Bernie Madoff. Wiesel described him as a psychopath. In fact, he said that word was too nice a word for Madoff. Uh, Wiesel went on, this man knew what he was doing. I would simply call him a thief, a scoundrel, and a criminal. The list uh, goes on of the victims. And now these are only the like the famous well-known names. Uh, there are thousands of individuals who fell victim uh, to this guy. There were pension funds, uh, teacher pension funds, which were looted uh, by uh, Mr. Madoff. Sandy, Co- Mr. Madoff, that's too respectful. Uh, Bernie the Crook. Uh, Sandy Koufax, uh, a Hall of Famer, was one of Madoff's clients, lost a big chunk of money. Here's one, John Malkovich, you know the actor? Uh, John Malkovich lost... Uh, over $2 million, he claims, and the list uh, goes on. Now, why, again, are we talking about Bernie Madoff today? Well, you see, he's got some kidney problems. He was sentenced to 150 years uh, in prison. Now, that's not technically a life sentence, but, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the course of human events pretty much dictates that that uh, will take someone, especially when they go into prison uh, in their 70s. Uh, 150 years are going to take you well to the end of your life. Uh, so uh, he has so far served 11 years. It was 2009 when he went in. He has since developed uh, some kidney problems. And he is, uh, again, terminally ill. And you know what? Let me uh, uh, let me play for you real quickly before we go on to, I'll give you a break from my voice uh, and let you hear for a, a moment by Yuni Han, who is with ABC News, has a brief description of the story I'm telling you now. Bernie Madoff asking for compassionate release from his 150-year prison sentence due to kidney failure, saying he has less than 18 months to live. The 81-year-old pleading guilty in 2009 to 11 federal counts of fraudulent investment involving billions of dollars, swindling hundreds of clients over decades, and orchestrating the largest Ponzi scheme in history. Madoff has served 11 years behind bars. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan declining comment. Prosecutors are expected to file a motion responding to the request in the next few days. Unihan, ABC News. All right. So the principle here is that he has uh, this kidney problem, failure, and he's too old to receive a kidney. He's terminally ill, um, and he would like to, with the judge's approval, be released from prison. He says that, quote, there's no cure for my type of disease. So, you know, I've served. I've served 11 years already, and quite frankly, I've suffered through it. 
Do you guys feel bad yet? No, me neither. Uh, he's re- he's seeking release from prison under a relatively new provision in the uh, federal criminal justice system. Uh, the the Federal Bureau of Prisons, um, since the mid-80s, has on a number of occasions uh, granted release to certain prisoners uh, seeking compassionate release. But uh, most recently, uh, this bipartisan criminal justice reform law, that was the one passed in late 2018. You've heard it mentioned a few times lately. You heard the president mention it in the State of the Union address. You heard him mention it again uh, at the prayer breakfast. And it has a Utah connection. Senator Mike Lee, he had his hands on this. He partnered up with Jared Kushner. Uh, it did much work to bring that about. Now, the tiny little tweak to that bit of law, which governs the Federal Bureau of Prisons uh, and has since uh, 1984 with this Compassionate Release Program, uh, the new tweak to the prisoner uh, to the criminal justice reform law passed in 2018 gives prisoners the right to appeal denials uh, denials to a federal judge, and that is what Bernie Madoff is attempting. This is one of those unintended consequence type things. Criminal justice reform is wonderful. It is good. You will hear folks on both sides of the aisle talk about how wonderful it is, in particular Senator Mike Lee. Well, uh, sometimes uh, you find that the unintended consequences let the bad guys out, and it's not the case quite yet, uh, but he's certainly trying. Uh, This man, Bernie Madoff, guilty of the largest Ponzi scheme in history, uh, has taken money from the wealthy and the poor, uh, is trying to get out of prison after 11 years, and he's trying to do it on the back of some good legislation recently passed on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. Anyway, so listen, I'm grateful to you for hanging on through that uh, little uh, tour through uh, something other than impeachment. I'm grateful to you. Uh, and in the next segment, we are going to turn our sights back to Senator Romney. But we're not talking impeachment. This time, we're talking about a run for the White House. Could he team up with a Democrat and find his way into the White House? We're going to debate that next up. I asked for some comments on that earlier in the program. I'll ask again. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. If you think that there is some scenario in which Mitt Romney might team up with one of the Democrats running for president to run as the vice president, uh, you let me know. Is that crazy or is it plausible? We're going to walk through it next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. And this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.